Greetings, everybody. Welcome back to the Classroom 33 podcast. I'm Pastor Dustin, as always, here with Steve Prudian. And uh, today we are returning from Labor Day and we're shaking the cobwebs out of our heads a little bit because, well, I maybe took a better, more of a break than you did on Labor Day. You work harder than anybody else I know. So, Anyways, we are getting into Mark chapter 11, verse 24. You ready? Yes, I am. All right, I'm ready. And we're going to start. I'm going to read this in three different translations. First, in the New Revised Standard Version. So I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. The... New Living Translation says, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. The New King James says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. I think a lot of people think that saying something it's not saying. Do you know that um, I call this spiritual weightlifting? All right. I'm going to compare it to two songs that you may have heard, but if you haven't, you can look them up later. Okay. A lot of people approach prayer with the title, or really the, the, the memorable stanza of this particular song is called Hoping and Wishing. (laughs) I am familiar, yes. But you know what? As you become a little more mature in the faith, that song changes. Yep. And it changes to this song. On Christ the solid rock I stand. Yes. What is the difference between hoping and wishing versus standing. Hmm. What is the difference between hoping and wishing and standing? It's that faith, the trust, the knowing. If I hope in that context, if I hope and I wish that maybe it'll happen, then maybe it'll happen but maybe it won't. And there's no expectation. And this verse clearly says that there needs to be an expectation. Whereas if you're standing on the solid rock of Christ, there is an expectation. Which is harder, to take a stand or to just dream? Oh, it's a lot harder to take a stand. That's for sure. What is key in comparison to hoping and wishing versus Jesus Christ? It's an interesting question. I think the key difference really is the will. If I'm hoping and wishing I'm probably seeking what I want 
and not what God wants for me. Wishing and hoping is very transient. It's moving really without direction mm -hmm. and subsequently you can be very disappointed if you're just hoping and wishing as your form of prayer. Yes. But if you dig in and you take a stand but you understand that it isn't you that makes a prayer work. Right. But you do have to take a stand. And that stand, if you're reading in Mark chapter 11, what is the word that indicates you've taken a stand? Believe. Believe. Believe is when you take the position, I'm mm -hmm. taking this stand. Yep. Ever try to shake a dog off who's got you by the leg? Once or twice. Does the dog go easily? No. No. Why? Because it thinks it's got you. Because he got you. The dog has taken a stand. He's taken a stand. Taken a stand. Yep. The thing is, is, is that oftentimes a dog will have more tenacity than a human being. Because they're just wishing and hoping, and it's just transient. Right. Okay. If you don't invest something into a prayer, what would be what would be the outcome of a small investment? A small return. If you get a return at all. Yep. If you get a return at all. Oftentimes, as human beings, we hope and we wish, but we make our investment in our own, well, in our own mortality, mm -hmm. okay, rather, right. ra rather than our immortality. Well, and I'm going to say, can you blame people? No, you can't. You want to know why? Why is that? They haven't been taught right. Well, and there's another part of it, too. You're talking about that small investment and you get a small return. You know, if people have made that small investment but haven't seen the return, they're afraid to invest bigger because they think they're going to lose it. And I think that's where that transition needs to take place. The people that are willing to make that bigger investment are the ones of that growing belief. That once you have, once you're believing, you're willing to invest more into it. I guess that goes beyond hoping and wishing. It does. It does for sure. Have you ever have you ever prayed and you didn't get an answer to your prayer? Yes. And you think that well maybe I didn't say it right. Yes. Maybe I didn't ask right. Mm-hmm. Maybe I left an ingredient out of the recipe possible where does that leave you hoping and wishing confused yeah it's now you've made the effort but it didn't work so that leaves you confused well 
it also puts the emphasis in the wrong direction. Because if my prayer isn't being answered because I didn't pray it right. But God answers the prayer of a child. That doesn't seem like a child would have a lot of theology or intellect, but God still answers the prayer of a child. Why? Do I trust the Holy Spirit that lives within me to pray to God for what my heart desires? Do you? (laughs) Well, that's the question, right? If I think, and it's been a long time, I I will say that. It's It's been a while since I've had a prayer go unanswered that I thought was my fault because I did something wrong in the praying. But the difference is, the difference becomes whose will am I praying for? Am I praying for my will to be done or am I praying for God's will to be done? Do you see what the test is? I do. If I asked you the question, did you pass the test? What do you have to do to pass the test? The test of prayer, what is that? Believe in your heart that you've already received it. Who benefits? Yep. Who benefits? Okay, different test. Yep, gotcha. The reality is is, is that since we are built and made and created for God's good pleasure, Yep. the test is, is, does our prayer glorify God? Does the result glorify God? And that's always a tricky question. What's one of the things that God cannot turn down that he has to respect? Our worship and praise. Partly, yes. But God is subject to his own word. Well, sure he is. Right. So the fact is, is that if you pray his own word back to him, it's his word. And when we say that, do you keep your word? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Well, you just said it. Right. Are you going to do what you say you would do? Right. And God is yea and amen. Yes, he is. He keeps his word. But yet, some of our prayers do not get answered in the time that we want them answered in. No, they don't. Why do you think that happens? Because the time isn't right. Whose time? I'm running short on time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's God's time. And God knows our impatience. And there's times when it's not right for him to yet answer a prayer because my my heart might not be right to receive that answer. I don't know many people that haven't prayed to get rich. And I will tell you that God has not answered that prayer for me. Maybe, maybe because my heart isn't right to receive a massive amount of money. 
God's right? not going to put another God before you to stumble on. Well, there is that too, right? But maybe I haven't received that prayer. Maybe I haven't received the answer that I was hoping for on that because my heart's not right. Maybe, maybe I'm not supposed to be. Maybe that's just not in God's will for me. Or maybe there's a time when me having an amount of money is going to only be able to glorify him. And maybe that's when that prayer will be answered. Now, I don't think that hasn't been answered because I said something wrong in my praying. I have prayed expecting to have a prayer of prosperity answered. Now, I don't have a lot of money. I got enough. God makes sure that I have enough. What is what is the replacement for more money? Well, spending less, but no. I don't I don't know, I don't know if you're talking if you're talking just financially, but no. I'm talking but about God, but a lot God, of people put their trust in money. Right. Okay, but the fact is, 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 is that what is more valuable than silver and gold? Well, God is so much more valuable. And that's the strength that, that was actually going to be my next point. The strengthening is that, of your faith. Right. What God has given me is spiritual growth. He has given me a convicted heart to get rid of things that are blocking me from knowing him and loving him better. Are these prayers, these things you're talking about that he's giving you, have they come from a prayerful heart? They have. Aha. So, yeah. Aha. <laughs> Aha. Yeah. My point is, my the, the point that I'm really trying to make is that I prayed a prayer expecting to get an answer just like this verse tells us to do I expected to receive what I was praying for what I received instead was more of what God wants for me and less of what and I shouldn't say less but not as much as what I thought I wanted because God doesn't necessarily want for us in our lives what we want for our lives. When did you become a Christian? Uh, initially? No, when did you actually become a Christian? I'm not saying had information, but you finally committed your life to Jesus Christ. No turning back. When did that happen? No turning back about seven years ago. Okay. When Full that, throttle. When that happened seven years ago, did something changed in the way you prayed? Oh, absolutely. Explain that. The first thing that changed was the expectation. Attitude. That attitude. Right? And part of that is the miracle that I received in that moment. Did you pray for a miracle? Yes and no. 
I prayed I prayed for God's help and direction and guidance. I was at a crossroads. And to not be too vague on it, okay, my my marriage was in shambles and I had to make a choice. I had to choose the seemingly easy road of walking away. Did you have children? It was seven years ago. Did you I have had children? all of my children. Okay. Okay. So I had it's a choice. More, it's, it's more than a marriage you would have been walking away from. I know. I know. And I was I was in a low place. I was in a dark place. And I had to choose between what I thought I wanted and what I knew God wanted me to do. Would Jesus walk from a bad situation? Well, I think the cross proves that he wouldn't. That's exactly right. In that moment, I was asking God, tell me what to do. And what he did is he removed all of the desire that I had to do what I thought I wanted to do, which included an addiction to pornography. And every desire that I had to walk away and take the quote-unquote easy road was gone. And I was 100% prepared to do the hard work and to rebuild my marriage on the foundation that it should have been built on in the first place and become the husband and father that God created me to be. I was ready to do that in that moment. That's the miracle that I talk about when I talk about my coming to Christ moment and how he showed up for me. And so it's really hard not to pray expecting an answer. If I ask in person a question, why would I ask the question? To get an answer. To get an answer. When you pray, right. many times you're asking the question. Right. And you cannot provide the answer, otherwise you wouldn't have asked. Or if I presume that the answer is no and I don't ask, I'm getting what I ask for. Well, you're exercising the level of faith you have. Well, there is that too. <laughs> now, the, re right. the reason I asked you that question. Yes, sir. This is where the rubber hits the road. Right. In reality, we talk about all about prayer, and we can talk about how to do prayer, right. which is what Jesus Christ was teaching his disciples. Yes. But if you look at the disciples' lives, they apparently didn't take all of that, all of those lessons to heart. No. No. The reality of the whole thing is what you just told me mm -hmm. is how God answered a real prayer for a real need at a real time that you needed it. Right. So, based upon what you just told me, the reason a lot of people are just wishing and hoping is because they're not hearing about what God has done, okay, to what he's been asked for that can change a life, change a family, change a church, mm -hmm. change a town. And the fact is, is that we make an assumption that God doesn't care about those things. 
Right. But he does care about those things. But the reason that usually we're in the mess that we're in is, is because we've excluded God and we've made the mess. Right. That's totally fair. That is totally fair. And, yeah. You know, my wife's church, not my church, because I didn't grow up in church. The church she grew up in. The church she grew up in. Yeah. you got to understand that if you're a businessman or if you're a man in the world, time is money. Yes, it is. I don't know if it's just Baptist in particular, but this was the experience. I married my wife. When we finally left college in that college community and we moved up to a little rural town in New Hampshire mm -hmm. where her parents lived, of course it was going to be expected that we go to the church, little Baptist church that her parents went to. Right. Okay, I'm okay with that. Okay, I missed the college scene. Okay, I missed the excitement and the bigness of Boston. But you ain't going to find Boston in rural New Hampshire. No. So anyway, my wife says to me, one, well, actually, what happened, she was, she was getting ready to go out on Sunday night. I says, we going someplace? We have an appointment? She says, yeah, we have church, 6 o'clock every Sunday night. I says, Really? She says, yeah. I says, since when? She says, they've been doing that forever. I says, so what does that mean? She says, I'm going to church because my folks are at church. I says, didn't you get enough this morning? <laughs> <laughs> she says, no. She says, it takes on, she says, it takes on a different meaning. How can you do two services twice and they be different? She says, oh, she says, the emphasis at night is different than it was in the morning. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I guess I'll come with you and figure out what, what the differences are. I went, you know what I learned on Sunday night? What's that? There was a little bit of biblical teaching, but most of that evening was people giving testimonies to how God answered prayer. Wow. And that made me say, well, I said, this puts, this puts a little meat to their theory. It does. Well, I figured that was over with, okay. Wednesday night, she's getting ready to go back out again. Where are you going? Got a meeting with somebody? Yeah, I'm going to go to church. My parents are at church on Wednesday night. What for? She says, weren't you there Sunday night? I says, yeah. She says, it starts Wednesday night. I says, what starts Wednesday night? She says, they start praying Wednesday night, and by Sunday night, they're telling how God answered prayer. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this. And oh, there's the issue. There's the issue. A lot of us who are Christians, okay, we don't know how to pray because we don't know how to pray expecting an answer. And worse than that, when there is an answer, we don't tell anybody. Right. We took it for granted. We didn't share the glory of the Lord, what he has done in answering that request. Right. What happened? You and I go to this church today, okay? 
But how many people really know about the power in prayer and how God answers prayer, except for a few things that we have listed down on our prayer sheet that somebody has the courage to notify people that are supposed to be praying to pray for that. Yeah, there's there's not a whole lot, is there? Mm -mm. You know, it's kind of funny. Um, I've worked for several major corporations. One before I went, one before I went to seminary, and then I worked for other ones after seminary. Mm -hmm. And um, it's interesting. Human nature is like this. Human nature by itself is lazy. Right. Human nature will take everything that's given to it for free. Yes. However, if you want more, you got to make an effort. Yes. I didn't know any better. Personally, I didn't know. I wasn't raised knowing any better that people were going to just give me whatever I wanted. Mm -hmm. So I learned that I was going to have to make some effort right, in order to acquire what it is that I thought I desired. Some things I made an effort. I desired them, and when I got them, I found out they were empty. Yep. They weren't worth the effort. Yep. What's interesting is, is a lot of people are like the other salespeople that sat in these corporate offices. They used to talk up to themselves for a good part of the day, talking themselves out of who they could make a sale to and how they could make a sale. Really? And I didn't want to have any part of that because they were burning daylight. Right. So I'd be out. I, In fact, I, I'd skip sales meetings. I'd get calls. How can you skip the sales meeting? Um, um, pardon me. What was my job? Are you a salesman? I said, I was making a sale. Right. And so they said, well, that's okay then. <laughs> <laughs> and so as time went on, true story, we would have these promotions and these contests and stuff that different manufacturers would bring in. And so the other sales guys, they weren't exactly in my corner because right. I was working. So what they said when these manufacturers came, we just give them the prize. Just give it to them now. He's, yep. already, he's already won it. And I says, I beg your pardon. I says, I, I work for every single sale that I have. Right. I says, I do the work. Because I know that if you do the work, you will reap the results. Yes. Well, the reality is, is, is that do we do the work that's required in praying to reap the results? It's a great question. That is a great question. And uh, it kind of brings me back to that investment analogy that we used earlier. What is it? What's the work that we're supposed to be doing, Steve? What's the investment that we're supposed to be making in prayer? Because I'm sure a lot of people are thinking and feeling the same way I did for a lot of years that I'm just supposed to ask. So why, why would you ask? Why? Why ask? Well, the ask is to get something. Right to get for the end for whose benefit? Well, that's why I'm that's why I'm asking. I'm trying I'm trying to set this up for you. I'm trying to 
tee up a tee up a shot for you. What is the investment that we should be making? What is the work that we need to be doing in prayer? You called this spiritual weightlifting. Let's pump some iron. Well, prayer to the human mind. Yes. Will not make sense. Because 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 it's praying to the ethereal. It's praying to a spirit that cannot be seen. Right. However, many a time, even under human stress, whether you know there's a God or not know there's a God, there's something inside you that reaches out for an answer. Yes. It reaches out for more. Mm-hmm. And that's part of our soul calling out for the one that he or it knows. He knows. I can't say it. I got challenged on that one time. That he knows. That he knows. That he knows, okay, where to find the answer. Right. You know, one time, and I wasn't expecting this. You know, there's a lot of people who write daily devotionals. Yes. And daily devotionals are very good because they can speak to your heart. They can speak to your mind. They can illuminate something that you wouldn't normally think about. Right. One day I was doing a daily devotional. And I had fallen into a habit of relying upon my daily devotional to substitute for my prayer. Hmm. Interesting. And one day I was reading, I can't remember which one it was, but I was reading a daily devotional and I got this knock, knock. And what, what's in the rest? Because I guess that knock, knock. Yeah, who's there? Who's there? And the answer is Jesus calling. Uh huh. What are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you see a busy reading? Well, well, and if you follow the knock-knock joke, it's Jesus who? <laughs> <laughs> well, don't you see I'm busy reading here? Yeah, yeah. And you know what the answer was? What's the answer? I don't need a replacement. Okay. I says, w- 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 what's going on? He says, sometimes, he says, you go too far go too far yeah he says you become dependent upon what somebody else wrote yep he says you go and you'll listen or believe or read a commentary without asking me mm-hmm. without listening to me and he says do you know what you've forsaken um no i says i thought i was being studious right my excuse yep and he said we're supposed to be partners here mm-hmm he says, you're supposed to talk to me so I can talk to you. He says, you cease talking. Mm-hmm. I says, and? He says, we're going to change this up from now on. He says, you're not going to just open something up and start reading and leave me in the dust and forget about me. He says, first you're going to come to me and my Father, and you're going to do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will introduce you to the throne and you need to mind your manner Mm -hmm. I says okay then what he says 
once you have done follow the protocol of etiquette to the throne then you can be taught you'll have the eyes to see and the ears to hear what it is that whether it's through the devotion whether it's through the word whether it's through the commentary or what or, or if it's through my very voice mm -hmm. that speaks into your spirit what the truth is truth should not our prayer contain truth oh absolutely but sometimes we get so involved in our request mm -hmm. that it actually skirts around or avoids the truth yes it's very easy to pray for something that benefits me myself and I oh yeah and I don't mind sharing it with those two other guys right but I'm sure glad that Jesus didn't have that same attitude yeah I am too because the reality is is that Jesus stands as our high priest Yes. He stands as our intercessor. Yep. And some people think, well, you don't need you don't need Jesus to pray to God. Yeah, I do. There is only one prayer that God will hear apart from Jesus. The prayer of repentance. But then God will point you to Jesus mm -hmm. and say, He's the one who paid for your forgiveness you want to repent well you got to be forgiven and he'll forgive you I'm glad it works that way because people who don't know Jesus they'll make a prayer and they'll pray to God mm -hmm. and God will hear that prayer Yep. but God will then redirect you to the priority of who your savior is right so I am glad that God will entertain a confused simple prayer of a, either a simple person or a broken-hearted person right and point you in the right direction oh I agree you know we had a lot of things on the sheet we haven't talked about any of them yeah we do and we haven't right but as I said if we if you like we can continue next week well, we will definitely have to do that I think right now one of the things of people who are listening for those people who are listening um, I'd like to have them look at these words. Okay. Okay, the first word in Matthew eleven twenty four is I want them to think about what things they desire. Okay. Okay. The other thing I would like to have them look at is the word believe. Yes. Okay, because the things have to be followed with belief right because without belief they just remain a thing you're still hoping and wishing hoping and wishing I have a song at the end of this study okay, okay? I'll give you the name of the song okay you can look it up but ultimately 
The name of the song is called Standing on the Promises. Okay. Because when we pray, we're praying because there's been a promise given. Yes. And we've decided that we're going to take a stand. Even though you and I know that we cannot create the outcome in ourselves. But the promise is there mm -hmm. as long as we stay present. Yes. Okay. So ponder the things that you're asking for. Ponder the belief in receiving them. And I'm going to add to that. Please do. Okay, I'm going to go back to the investment. Okay. What are you investing? Eternity. I'm investing. Well, I'm, I'm investing in now. It's funny, you know, Paul has been known as the preacher of threes. Did you know that? No. Yeah, when Paul, if you read his letters, he's the preacher of threes. He talks about the God of the past. And he gives an illustration. He talks about God of the present. Yep. And he gives an illustration. And he call yep. and he talks about God of the time to come. Yep. Which is the future. And so we are in the time present, resting upon what God has done in the past, hoping and living for the future. Yes. Now that future is one minute from now. That future is one minute from now. So if you want God to be in your present, which is right now, the next minute is the future <laughs> for God for you. Do you want to step out of the future? Because if you do, you'd be stepping out of the present in about two minutes. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I have a thought. I have a thought on what the, uh, what the investment, what the cost is. And I just want the listener to ponder on it. And we'll come back to it next week. And we'll answer these questions. And we'll talk a little bit deeper about the investment, about the things, about the belief. And then we're going to talk about the other word that you didn't say. And we'll leave that one a surprise. Okay. <laughs> we're going to leave that one a surprise. All right. Do we have anything else to add at this point right now, or shall we end our preamble to uh, our spiritual weightlifting? <laughs> yeah, I, I, do, I do have a thought for the future. Okay. And this is a thought that is echoed throughout the eons of time. Okay that Jesus can say in any circumstance. Yep. Peace. Be still. Yes. I like that. So for the next week, everybody, peace. Be still. And thank you very much for listening. Steve, thank you for coming in. Have a great week. My pleasure. It's, it's his study. <laughs> <laughs>